0: This podcast is a production of the Johns Hopkins University Press. To learn more, please visit press.jhu.edu journals. Thank you for tuning in to this Johns Hopkins University Press podcast. My name is Brian Shea, and I am the Public Relations and Advertising Manager in the Journals Division. In the most recent issue of the journal New Literary History, Brian e. Randall published an essay which took a look at the one-day novel, that is, books which cover the action of just a single day. A lecturer in English literature at the University of Glasgow, Randall joined us to discuss connections between that literary framework and the examination of everyday events. Thank you for joining me today, Brian e. Tell me, how did you settle on exploring the one-day novel in this essay?
1: the topic of the one day novel actually goes right back to when I first conceived my PhD project, which is a way back now, where I noticed as other people I'm sure have also done, that um, some of the major great modernist novels are one day novels so obviously Ulysses and Mrs Dalloway and that was um, part of the prompt for me conceiving what ended up being my PhD project which was a larger project on dailiness so everyday life and daily time in a number of modernist writers but this idea has stayed with me come in and out of focus and it was really through my teaching actually that I ended up wanting to start to formulate this into something a bit more formal so I had the great pleasure of teaching a master's special topic as part of the Modernities master's program that we have at Glasgow where I work the special topic is on it's titled the modern everyday, so it's a it's a topic that I conceived I wrote the syllabus on it, and it investigates literary representations of, of the everyday from the late nineteenth century to the present. And uh, in the final session, it's entitled The Contemporary Every Day. And so I try to I invite students to suggest and I look around for contemporary novels that engage with representing the everyday or thinking about um, uh, how, how one might represent everyday life. And and as I was doing that, I sort of noticed in a way retrospectively that quite a lot of the novels I was identifying as trying to represent the everyday in interesting ways, ha- happened, she says in inverted commas, were <laughs> one-day novels. Um, and this this really struck me, and I thought, OK, I, I want to go back then to the idea of the relationship between the one-day, the, one the single-day narrative form, and uh, and the everyday and theories of the everyday, um, as they've been developing over over the recent recent decades. So that's the kind of context for for, mm-hmm. for the article.
0: And and what makes the examination of these two things, the everyday and the the single day novel, what makes that important to kind of look at them and put them together?
1: Well. It, it because as I, as I investigate in my article, it, in a way it seems sort of counterintuitive how, and the, you know the clues kind of in in the phrasing how can you look at the everyday in one day? It <laughs> seems to be mutually exclusive and it was it was that kind of apparent mutual exclusivity that, that got that got me thinking, and I think the reason for me or one of the reasons that the, the one day novel is so apt to think about the everyday there, there are a number of reasons. So one is that, it's, it, unless one chooses an extraordinary day where all kinds of dramatic things happen, which don't, don't often happen actually in the novels that, that particularly interest me, right. it really is an opportunity to consider the mundane, the overlooked, the banal, the routine, the domestic, all those things that are associated with the kind of elements of everyday life that might otherwise get overlooked, because it is a relatively limited temporal frame. And because it's relatively limited, because instead of looking at three months or three years or three decades, there's an opportunity for writers to get into a lot of granular detail, to really focus in on, um, on as I say, the the overlooked, the aspects of um, of our everyday existence that might otherwise not be examined. One of the other reasons that I think the one day structure it has the capacity to enables us to reflect on the on the every of every day. That, that recursive, repetitive element mm-hmm. is precisely because it, it, it's relatively manageable, conceivable as a unit. So one of the theory suggestions I have is an hour is sort of too short to do an awful lot in. A, a week and a month start to be kind of bigger units and are not necessarily so kind of instinctively patterned as the day because it's marked you know, in, in most parts of the world at most times with light, light and dark. I mean, it's, it's tied into kind of natural cycles. Right. So that one can, I, my sense is that one can compare the, any one day more easily with any other day. That it's easier to make sort of comparisons and think of resonances between a day as a unit than between, for example, an hour a week. A month or a year. So, so that's one of my hypotheses about the, the, the opportunity that focusing on a single day actually offers um, authors to, to engage with that kind of recursive temporality, that it, comparing one day with the next, what might happen the next day and the next, what stays the same or what is different.
0: You mentioned very early on in the essay about how there is not a lot of literary criticism focused on this. Why do you think that hasn't happened? Why do you think people haven't – because some of the the pieces you're talking about, especially Ulysses, are so well-known, you'd think there might be a little more uh, focus on that.
1: It's a really interesting question, and I'm still not sure I really know the answer. It was very striking to me because when I was doing research for the essay and I thought, okay, there'll there'll be work out there. Where's where's the monograph on the one-day novel? And it is, and it isn't out, out there, and there are a number of, of critics who've sort of embarked on this project, and, and nothing seems to then have, have come of it, which is perhaps salutary for me. But however, um, <laughs> I wonder whether part of it is well. I, I guess I make some observations about what people people have done. The the observations about the one day novel have tended to be quite specific to that the structure of the text itself. So, for example, Ulysses, the discussions of the dailiness of the one-day structure of that quite rapidly kind of resonate out to thinking about its kind of mythological structure. Um, likewise, in Mrs. Dalloway, the the one-day structure is quite often moves on to discussions of the way that Big Ben tolls through that, and is therefore there's a kind of a marking of that day with a with a kind of um, political time, with yeah. a kind of um, time of patriarchy and so on. So I think the difficulty m- may be in finding a way to articulate the, the points of comparison between texts that are obviously very, very different. <laughs> I, I wonder whether there's also a kind of whether there's a bit, a bit of an anxiety about a kind of essentialism that might be latent in thinking about the one-day novel. I mean, I certainly had that raised with me back in my PhD, Viva, right. um, the claim that the day is a kind of naturally occurring unit and, you know, we, we can be certain of very little but what we can be certain of the days moving around. And obviously days are culturally inflected, I and this is absolutely crucial to my understanding of of the theories of the everyday and, and what the day is as a temporal unit they, they're culturally inflected they're, they're, they're understood in that context but uh, so I wonder whether there there is this kind of sense that looking at the day as a unit might sort of require one to fall back on on rather kind of essentialist notions of our existence in, in kind of quotes, natural patterns. But having said that, I mean, I've been reading recently some fascinating work, for example, colleagues working in um, 18th century literature and and nature diaries, using um, ecological Theory of which, obviously, there's there's a great um, flourishing at uh, at the moment mm-hmm. uh, to sort of contextualize what might otherwise be seen as quite essentialist discourses and and to, to put them in in that context. So I guess the answer is I'm, I'm not really sure, <laughs> <laughs> um, but um, I can see opportunities perhaps for uh, you know recent the- theoretical developments both in everyday studies of the everyday theories of the everyday and possibly also in kind of eco critical discourses to, to to kind of re- approach. The project afresh, and you
0: know, perhaps. The structure of a, a, a story in a single day, what do you think draws writers and, and even readers to that, to, to writers as a source of, you know, structure, and readers as something they feel comfortable kind of de- delving into?
1: I imagine that for a writer, there's something very appealing, I can imagine, about the sort of, con- in a way, the constraint of that mm-hmm. uh, of that form, so you know, I think of—I mean, we think of writers who work with extreme constraints. Uh, a writer, I'm very interested in George Perec and his Oulipian kind of games with with constraints on writing. And uh, I mean, I speak not as a, as a creative writer, but that my sense is that having a constraint on on one's structure. Perhaps be quite enabling in in other ways that it, it requires and and encourages the kind of creativity to have to work within that structure. And the, one of the other things that I also think is probably quite attractive is the is the, the idea of an ending. To use um, I guess Frank Kermode's the title of Frank Kermode's wonderful book, the sense of an ending um, mm-hmm. and the importance of of endings for us cu- culturally, because there is something quite comforting about this, about about an ending and a conclusion and while many of the texts that i'm particularly interested in don't have plot conclusions there isn't a kind of you know they're not necessarily plot driven or there's a kind of neat tying up of ends there's a kind of resting place that you might come to at the end of a day that is um uh, that it enables a moment of pause of reflection or whatever it might be that i think is probably attractive to to writers and to, to readers right. um and then i guess the other thing is, 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 is as i've already said the the opportunity that's offered by the one day structure to investigate in in great detail the otherwise overlooked aspects of, of the everyday and this is a matter of taste right? i mean you know I I, right. I I could listen to people describing their daily life in minute detail and uh, <laughs> ad, ad nauseum <laughs> um, but uh and not it's not everyone's a cup of tea but <laughs> but certainly for people who are interested in that kind of investigation of, of the overlooked the the relatively limited temporal span of the one day i think really enables that that kind of kind of literary investigation
0: right and like you said I, it, I guess for the writer it provides <laughs> someplace they have to stop yeah, yeah. They
1: and, run... <laughs> and I mean and writers do you know you, you can vary it I mean again as, as I've discussed what it I mean a day might be 24 hours it might just be dawn and dusk mm-hmm. um it, it, you know and it might be something in between those so you you know you can make a decision but if you go past 24 hours you're kind of no longer one day, so right. there there is a constraint from
0: that point of view. Um, what kind of feedback have you received from this uh, this the the article so far?
1: Well, um, not enormous amount yet, um, mm-hmm. but I am uh, I'm looking forward to hear what people have said about it. It emerged from a, a, um, a plenary I gave at a conference uh, a little while back on the ordinary, everyday and quotidian. Mm-hmm. And so it was very um, uh, pleasing to get the feedback from that and people encouraging me to think about publishing. Uh, publishing the research that I was sharing uh, then um, and it's it's interesting how many people uh, from different periods that actually uh, have found it interesting uh, particularly I guess 20th and, and 21st century uh, literature is, is relevant here but one of the things I, I did actually get a Um, an email from a a colleague of mine who shared with me a lecture that he'd given in previous years um, drawing on Derrida's essay, Call It a Day for Democracy, um, and talking about the kind of political implications of, particularly of today, of the now, but also of that, again, the political implications of the unit of the day. So that's given me a really useful uh, place to go with further kind of theoretical reference point for for um investigating this this topic um so that was very
0: gratifying well that's great it's really fun to talk about this I, I wish you good luck going ahead in the future and thanks for taking some time to talk to us today
1: thank you thank you for listening to this
0: johns hopkins university press podcast please visit press.jhu.edu journals for more information